Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining me for this special episode, I have two very wonderful guests. I have pop culture critic and comic book writer, Stephanie Williams. Hi, Stephanie. Hey. And we also have voiceover actor and one of my Twitter husbands, Justin Fraction. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad you're both here. I, we're going to talk about uh, Monica Rambeau because I feel like she's a, now now she's more of a household name. But prior to this, she definitely wasn't. She was I. I was thinking as a kid that her Spider Woman, and this is wild to even think that Carol Danvers was at some point. But <clears throat> we are all of an age that like the three of them weren't main characters quite when we were like the age to read comics. That's and I always, yeah, remember, very true. I always remember the three of them being characters I was interested in because I would have trading cards of them, but they were never in any of the comics I was reading like currently. So I'd always like wonder about them. Um, but Stephanie, you got to write Monica in the comics recently. Yeah, what a, what a great time that was. And the thing was, is that I could have picked any character I wanted to pick, um, which was very tempting, but the first person that came to mind was Monica Rambeau because I don't like, it's Monica Rambeau. Like, why would you not? Of course, there's always Storm and Misty Knight was tempting as well, but I don't know. Like, I just, I was like, well, if you all are having me officially do this, then I would like Monica Rambeau to be the first character that I write for. Shit, I didn't realize you, they let you they let you pick. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> instantly I was like, Monica. Nice. <laughs> so, give us a how. Give us her comic origin because I'm actually not too familiar with her origin. Ooh, so her origin story is actually one of my favorite origin stories, um, like in all of comics. Uh, and it starts off in Amazing Spider-Man Annual uh, number sixteen, and Peter Parker is being nosy as he always is, um, and she catches his eye, <laughs> and she kind of he. His spider senses go off or whatever. And I'm just like, mm, is it your spider senses tingling or is it something else, Peter? But anyway, like he follows her um, as she is like walking down an alley and then she gets attacked and he thinks that she's in trouble, but she really isn't because um, when he meets her, she's already Captain Marvel and she blasts the guys that are trying to rob her into a garbage can. And then Peter also gets thrown into a garbage can because he sneaks up on her, not knowing that, hey, you might have spider senses, but she can move at the speed of light. So the way that she gets her powers, um, she's having probably one of the worst work days. I think we all can relate to that. She does not get a promotion that she deserves because her boss is a, a fool. And she pretty much tells him, um, tells him off and like storms out and is getting ready to quit when she runs into uh, a friend of her grandfather's, um, a scientist whose name I am blanking on at the moment. Justin, do you remember his name? No, I, I was just reading about it too to remember what was happening in that story. Uh, no. Okay. Well, it's all right. It's, it does. I mean, not that it doesn't matter, but it's okay. So um, the, the scientist asks for her help. Um, there is a ship that is um, carrying this uh, generator of like this energy disruptor or whatever. And of course, in the wrong hands, it can cause ma major damage. So the reason why he actually comes to Monica is one, you know, uh, his friend's granddaughter, but also um, like Monica is um, a Harbor Patrol uh, police officer 
So she like loves being on the water. So um, she actually drives him out in a boat to this other giant boat with the um, energy disruptor on it. And Monica gets them on board by, you know, showing a little something, something. And that's how she ends up getting on the boat. And I don't know, like that moment always stood out to me for several reasons, but I just always thought it was kind of cool. It's like, okay, girl, you know, go ahead and show a little skin. So she gets on board and um, they quickly find out like, yeah, the disruptor is in the wrong hands. And the guy is like mouthing off about all the things that this machine will do. And Monica is like, well, someone's got to save the day. And she literally smashes this thing with her bare hands and so in doing so, it explodes. And then um, she is like literally on a fire and gets thrown into the water. And then the very next thing you know, she's coming out of the water um, as though nothing ever happened to her. And um, she slowly discovers like she has powers. And then she finds this suit, <laughs> the one that we all know, the the classic suit with the black leggings, uh, the white leotard with the storm-like uh I guess, wings on the cape or whatever it is in the white boots. And uh, she goes back to her grandfather's friend and he explains to her like, yeah, so you have the power to convert your body into pure energy. So whatever electromagnetic energy, you can turn into it. And um, that's just kind of how things go from there. And she goes to, I think, the Avengers to get some more info on her powers and what she can do. And then Spider-Man shows up again <laughs> and they fight again. And um, the rest of the Avengers, like she ends up taking out almost half the team. And then finally Spider-Man, because he cheats, uh, shoots her with some webs, slinging stuff or whatever, and is able to like subdue her that way. But that's after the fact where he learns like, oh, wait, no, she's supposed to be here. And that is the story of Monica Rambeau. It's just really cool because she becomes Captain Marvel that day, like a captain, even though for her job, they wouldn't promote her, but it didn't matter because she was destined to be amazing and a captain anyway. (laughs) Go ahead, Ian. Go ahead, go ahead, Justin. I I think some of the interesting things about that story that stuck out to me, her origin story is first off, it was 1982, I believe. And this whole idea of having movies where there's a cop that just does things slightly different than everyone else in the force, but that turns out to be what makes them better than everyone else. That's sort of Monica's story. She's a lieutenant and she wants to be a captain. And and as mentioned, she, her, her boss says, I don't think you're quite able to do that, but she is. And she's also able to handle herself, sell herself. And, you know, Spider-Man thinks he's going to help her, but she's got everything under control. And that's something I wish we saw a little more of on the show whenever mm-hmm. we saw her. Uh, also, I think that professor's name, as I was trying to, I'm like, I wrote it down somewhere. Professor Andre LeClaire, maybe? I don't yes, know if we ever is, saw him again. We uh, do. We did. Yes, we do see him. Um, but like randomly, it's like little visits here and there. But okay. that's something that I've always been interested in. Like, hey, because Monica's like never had a solo run. She's only had two one shots. And I've always been interested, like, hey, so, like, what's that story? Like, how, why does her grandfather know him? And, like, what's that? I just feel like there's a whole at least six-issue, 12-issue Monica Rambeau solo that could just, you know, kind of dive into that. They should hire you to write the movie. I think you could do it. You would be top. Yeah. 
<laughs> I appreciate the vote of confidence because, hey, I they want to see Monica succeed. <laughs> and also... Uh, and then, oh, go ahead, yeah. Uh, one other thing. I, I know she goes to the Avengers, but I think at one point she was going to uh, see Reed Richards for yes. help. And that that's an interesting thing because people were speculating that she was friends with Reed Richards on the show. And that could have been a really nice thing if they had have done that. Like, I think a lot of the things that happened where people were speculating what would happen on the show, uh, what we saw wasn't quite as good as some of the ideas that we eventually got. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but that's a nice connection there. Yeah, and then didn't she go on? Was she the first? I want to say, was, I don't actually, wait, I feel like I'm talking on my, but she became the leader of the Avengers at one point too, didn't she? She did. Yes. In 87? I actually have the issue written down. Hold on, let me get the number. Let me look. It Ooh, is uh, 279. Nice. Nice. And that happens because Janet Van Dyne is leaving the Avengers. There's like a lot of drama going. Like actually the first couple of days where Monica joins the Avengers early on, well before this, there's problems with like Hank Pym. He's being framed and it's just, it is a whole mess. So she comes into the Avengers when they just have all of the mess going on. But Janet ends up leaving eventually and um, Steve asks her to take Janet's place as um, one of the co-leaders of the Avengers. Hmm. All right. And that was an interesting run because I think Namor, the submariner, he was part of her team. Dr. Mm -hmm. Druid, who spent all his time gaslighting <sighs> her. And of course, She-Hulk, who had her back, which I loved. I... And that it was their friendship is one of my favorite things, and I was so happy in the Mighty Avengers run, and also Captain oh. America and the Mighty Avengers, where they kind of bring those two back together and they oh, yeah. fuse and all this other cool stuff. Um, what are we? Okay, so she spends times with the Avengers, and she has for a black woman in a comic book in the eighties for Marvel that was not Storm. She actually has some very key moments and plenty of them, like a page worth of moments uh, during her time with the Avengers, which is just something that always stood out to me because we actually get to know Monica at the same time. Like she isn't just, you know, kind of there being a side character, like she's actually, you know, finishing whole missions and saving everyone's behind um, several times. And on top of that, even though she's like a new Avenger, she already kind of is an expert at her powers. Like she, uh, at one point, like when I think, is it Star Fox? He and Thor and her go out to investigate something and she has learned how to uh, create duplicates of herself. And Thor is kind of like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool, Monica. And Star Fox is like, oh, Oh, okay, I see what you can do. And same thing with Hawkeye. Um, she's so quick that after they have a briefing, I mean, they only get maybe 100, 100 miles away from the Avengers camp. And she already like just blinks back into the aircraft and is like, yeah, I got the info. I'm like, damn, didn't you just, we just finished talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Uh, I remember uh, was it was uh, X-Men versus the Avengers when she's yes. in there. She is so awesome in that series. Like first she's able to uh, get to Magneto when no one else can by changing her form into something that can pass through his magnetic field, field and just blast him. And there's a scene with Rogue where Rogue is flying away from the group really fast and she catches up to her immediately, speaks to her, 
then reverses back in the other direction. And Rogue is like, what the hell? Like, how does she do? <laughs> and then there's a point where uh, she's spying on uh, the X-Men and she's like able to change herself into intangible neutrinos. And she just hangs out there and listens to them and everything's cool. No one senses her. Like she was such a badass. Also, I love too. Yeah. Ooh. Wait, what was that? No, I'm just saying, like, out the gate, like, this isn't somebody who had to, like, train extensively to figure it out. Like, she knows how to use her powers very quickly compared to other folks who acquire their powers, you know, so late in life. Right. Well, that's funny because I definitely, I clearly was mixing up her and Carol Danvers' origin because I was thinking she was also, like, a in the army. No. Uh, so the funny thing with that is the reason why you're probably mixing their origins together is because when um, Carol Danvers kind of gets that retcon, I believe in the Kelly Sue DeConnick run, or maybe before that, um, there are elements and story beats from Monica's origin that are given to Carol. So it's and- probably, and then also the fact that they've had, they've shared the same name. So like after a while, it gets kind of hard to distinguish um, Monica from Carol because of some of those, yeah, because some of those story beats are then reused for Carol's story. Mm, all right. That makes sense. And she was Captain Marvel first before Carol, right? Or no? Yeah. Yes. And then before she was Captain Marvel, she's the first human Captain Marvel. Um, Marvel is actually, um, he's Kree in the original Captain Marvel. And then his janky son, Janice Vale, or whatever comes. (laughs) (laughs) And that is when Monica concedes the name to him, which I understood in that moment because it's like, hey, this is your daddy's name. So, you know, let me the whole family thing so you can have that back but that issue though where she actually gives him back his name is actually it's very terrible it's trash yeah. it's avengers unplug number six and it's gross because <laughs> another thing that she shares with carol um is just sexual assault happens to her in that episode because she's being mind controlled by what they call a slave chip and they li- it literally says slave chip which mm. Okay, editors and writers. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a hell of an issue. And then another thing that happens in it that's just kind of shitty on top of that is that um, when Monica finally gets a chance to confront the person who has had her under my control and she's given a chance to, um, you know, take action against them, uh, she looks in deeply into his eyes and sees that he is also a slave of his own devices. So she chooses not to uh, deal with him. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, no, that, that actually does not make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) So bad y'all. It's so funny. Like talking comic histories with folks for the podcast. Cause like, I mean, not that it was ever in doubt, but like, you know, we all love comics, but they are very soap opera. And it's like, they've been spanning so long that, I feel like ugh, whenever I look back on like older things, I'm always like, Ooh, maybe that wasn't great. Why'd they do that? <laughs> <laughs> and like, sadly, I really enjoy older comics when, cause they're, they aren't all problematic. Most are, but um, when I come across stuff, cause there's a weird thing that happens between vision uh, mantis and Wanda and yeah, it's just, it's one of those moments like, huh? Okay. Well that's, 
actually very racist, but um, <laughs> you wrote that anyway. All right. So after Monica gives up the name and takes Photon, which Janice Val is right there when she says, I'm taking the name Photon. Fast forward to- Oh, yeah. Uh, what, is, what is the name of that comic run? Um <laughs> Oh. oh my God, it's on the tip of my tongue. And I hate it because I thought that Monica was in the entire thing and she's not. Hold on, this is going to bug me. <laughs> I have a, I had a whole list by date and I'm trying to pull it <laughs> Wait, no, I've got it. It is, um, oh wait, no, I lied. I don't have it. Because Neymar is in it. Unbelievable. Sorry, Ian. Like I had to say, like I talk about this issue all the time because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but so she how long did she lead the Avengers? Uh Was so like a year? Yeah, it's for like a for a year. So she leads them from 279 all the way to I think it's like 290 something because she ends up losing her powers and that's actually how uh, she that whole thing happens and that's why she ends up not being leader of the Avengers anymore and actually spends her time depowered for a little bit until she comes back for um, Dwayne McDuffie's one shot with her which I think is in 1989 that's that's so funny because I mentioned to you I, I think I said this before recording, though, that like her and Spider-Woman and Carol Danvers were always on my radar because they weren't really in comics when I started. But I, wasn't Spider-Woman also depowered for a minute? Wasn't that her like thing, why she wasn't in comics? Yep. The original Spider-Woman. I remember her coming back in whatever that weird Spider-Man arc was where it was like... Uh, they like introduced Spider Girl and Madam Web was there, and it was like, yeah, it was a different. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, I, I'm a little older than a Ian. weird old agent. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like trying to remember, like, I know things by year because we're getting to the point where I started reading because I know with the Avengers, there weren't really that many. Like, my mom was my dad, they were always like, you can read whatever you want to read as long as there are people of color or that's what they used to say in it like i couldn't watch the tv show unless there was like a person that was not white that was their whole thing they wanted me to Come see on, diversity and, and so i was able to read the x-men i tried reading the avengers like but are there any black people in there i'm like no but like and there weren't for many years because i've just missed monica and i remember they even had a storyline where they were forced to find a black member and they hired a guy named Triathlon who was in it for a while. Yeah. And, but Monica was, and I also just read something earlier before this. Monica was created by the same person who created Shuri, John oh. Romita, Ramada Jr., Romita Jr., yeah, okay. Okay. which I think is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, like I, I missed X Men versus Avengers, and I came in right around Cersei and the Black Knight and Dane and all that mess. But I just never understood why she was so underutilized when she had a role that was so important that only lasted for a year before she was depowered and then eventually was repowered with a slightly different set of powers, which made her less powerful. Yeah, it's very weird. And then eventually she gets her regular power set back. Um, and then she spends time in um, 
Next Wave, which I know for a lot of folks ends up being their first like introduction to Monica Rambo, which I don't like <laughs> because <laughs> it's such a polar opposite of like what her character really is. And like I understand like that was the whole point of that run um and what Ellis was going for, but it just kind of sucks because you can tell that a writer when a writer who writes her after that has only read Next Wave or that is their first um, introduction to Monica Rambeau was through Next Wave because she carries that same energy. Because I'm looking at you, Marvel Divas, which was supposed to be a sex in a city with Marvel characters written by a man. And it's very, very, very terrible. I mean, <laughs> a, a straight man that is very terrible. <laughs> like you can do <laughs> <know. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That would have helped a ton, but no, like it is just so bad. And then she has this weird relationship with um, Brother Budu in it. And yeah, it's just, um, it's all bad because <laughs> <laughs> it's just not, it's not the same Monica that we get. And I think that's why for myself personally, whenever I'm talking about Monica, I usually lean more into her Avengers run because that's the closest we get to, you know, seeing her actually like not just be part of a team, but like actually have stuff to do, things to say and, um, you know, conclusions to make. Uh, but since maybe in the Mighty Avengers run um, from Al Ewing, that and Captain America and the Avengers is probably another place where she's actually doing stuff. Because even in the Ultimate, she's still kind of sidelined just a bit. Like she's in it and she's doing yeah. stuff, but it's still not the same energy as it was in those 80s Avengers comics. And that's just always been so weird to me. Like her character has regressed over the years. Gosh, there was some appearance she made with, I think, Black Panther, a Black Panther oh, comic. God, yeah, I can tell you the the the, the number for that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so terrible. <laughs> oh gosh. It was like this person does not know how to write her, but No. And I will call him out. That was uh Reginald Hutland. And <laughs> I was like, huh. Well, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, but I do have a question about next wave. Isn't it like not was it, at first it like wasn't canon, but now it kind of is, right? It is. It is canon. So it's soft continuity. And the reason why it ends up becoming actual canon is because in Captain America, in the Mighty Avengers, um, you can tell that Al Ewing is trying to address it because the same Beyond Corporation that is behind everything that was going on in Next Wave is brought back and causing and wreaking havoc um, in the, I guess, main... Okay. Marvel 616 or whatever. And Monica actually kind of addresses that. She's got some trauma and stuff that she's still unpacking from that whole experience. And she gets to uh, take the Beyond Corporation head on. And she goes from having her hair permed um, in that Holly Berry shortcut um, oh, yeah. to... Because <laughs> at one time, like all the Black superhero ones had to look like Holly Berry. So uh, <laughs> goes from that... <laughs> to the dread, uh, to having uh, locks, and it's yeah, it's a moment. So, yes, it is in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah the the dreads look is the one that they made a figure of. 
I have. Yes, and that's the one that I really, I love that one. Because when we first got introduced to Monica, I love the fro, but I thought they were jerry curls. So I was thinking, I was like, how is her hair not going up in flames when she turns to energy? But come to find out, that wouldn't happen anyway, because Monica, when she turns into an energy form, her body goes to another dimension. Her powers are interdimensional on top of that. I like the person that compared her to Nightcrawler in a way, because he has to go somewhere else. And that dimension is full of energy. So she has a lot of potential to be. This is why I can't stand it when people can't write her because she's very powerful. Mm -hmm. But sometimes in order to have her, I guess, take a bow out, be pushed back, she has to make a mistake, which she that's why I can't stand the show, uh, her portrayal on the show in some points, because I'm like, she's much smarter than they're writing her as. Yeah, because. Like, why would she be stuck in the man cave with Ralph Boner for such a long (laughs) period of time? Um, Also, why would she just jump in front of the bullets when she won? Those kids were definitely, they took out the whole military by themselves. Um, They're magical. And then just from the writer's perspective, I didn't understand it because just after that, when she misses a bullet or whatever, um, Billy stops it. So what was the point, y'all, for the imagery? Because if that's the case, we didn't need it because it's not as powerful or impactful as you think it is. Actually, um, at this point, just very tired um, and anti-Black in some regards because, you know, it's it just feels very empty in, its, um, in you doing it because it's like, okay, well, y'all also wanted us to send you resumes and stuff like that back in June and July, but where are we now? I mean, you are not incorrect. I felt like the everything they we, I, I did like, I actually I, to be fair, I'm not going to pretend, I liked Monica's story up until the finale. I thought yeah, I liked what they were doing with her. Um, and then I I don't know, the, the finale itself felt slightly rushed and it felt like every character but Wanda and Vision suffered because of how rushed it felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I could forgive Darcy and Wu barely being in it if we had gotten Monica getting her story here, but it felt like she got her powers, but then really didn't do anything with it. And I don't know why it wouldn't have been like, I expected her to be helping Wanda fight the fight, you know? They tried to set up a parallel between their two characters and they messed up. Well, they could have done more. I'll just Mm -hmm. say that. Uh, No, Justin, you bring up a great point because, okay. So they, they bring these parallels between Wanda and Monica and they tie them, they tie them together through their grief. Monica fights her way back into the hex because of whatever desire that she has to help Wanda because she understands that level of grief. So then she gives this very passionate speech to Wanda about accepting your pain. And it's fine because, you know, it's a part of your story. And for a moment, like she breaks through to Wanda, but then Agatha interrupts that. I don't understand then why in the finale, if Monica wasn't going to be a part of the fight between Agatha and Wanda, which is fine. I mean, Agatha and yeah, Agatha and Wanda, that's, whatever it is what it is then i don't understand why that that uh that whole speech that monica gave her would not somehow come back into play cuz mm-hmm. like why set that up 
yeah. Like, are they just gonna, was it a setup just to be like, look, they can be friends later on? Like, I don't know. It was weird. It felt pointless. I felt like they needed more of a moment after that and they didn't get it. It was mostly, okay, bye. (laughs) Girl, it's all right you did that. You can go on now. See ya. Like, that's not working. And also, again, that bullet thing. Okay, so she gets shot. And Mm -hmm. Billy has that line. And she's like, all right. And I'm like, you're not weirded out by the fact that you just got powers? You don't want to be a little, (laughs) like, (laughs) you have nothing to say about that? All right. Yes, so. I was going to say, it's also, and I hate having to say this, but like just calling it what it is, it was kind of <sighs> mammy ish in the way that um, Black women characters are relegated to, you know, making sure the kids are okay. Um, and it's like a, it's this thing where you can't you can't sit at the the grown folks table, but you also aren't a kid. But hey, kind of look after these kids, and it just didn't make any damn sense because again, these kids can handle themselves. So that extra part, I'm just like, wow. So y'all really just undid all of the goodwill <laughs> that I had for you coming into the finale with the treatment of Monica, because one, I had been apprehensive about Monica being in WandaVision since they mentioned it, because I was already feeling away when they introduced Monica in Captain Marvel as a child. Cause I was like, wow, they are going to end up tying these two characters together in a way that it will make it indistinguishable to the general public that Monica and Carol are not the same outside of just sharing Captain Marvel, the the name or whatever. And I'm like, I bet that Carol is going to be in part due to her getting powers because I low-key feel like maybe she didn't get those powers from um, the Hex and yeah. that she did get them in something that had to do with Carol and that just irks the f- ever-living hell out of me for so like, many reasons. Yeah. Even back when she had that X-ray and they were like, okay, we don't see anything. She's like, all right, bye. And people took that as, okay, well, she's just, she's determined. I'm like, I don't know about that now because yeah, <laughs> she and I, shocked at all. <laughs> no, and like I low-key have felt the same, like, because in my mind, I really want to be, you know, if it's going to be anything, whatever, just let her get these powers through the heck. So I wanted to believe that, hey, it's because she's busy. Um, also like she's been around stuff like this, so it's not going to phase her in that way. But I'm like, when she ripped through, ripped that door open to the, um, that Rover she was in, cause that thing like flies off and I'm like, I don't think that's a fail safe. <laughs> um, and also the fact that getting f- like flung across Westview and out of the, um, hex didn't kill her the first time. Cause I feel like to anyone else, they probably would have been uh yeah kld so (laughs) yeah and also because she has some type of animosity or just you know feels irked when carol's name is brought up so i'm like i'm pretty sure in captain marvel 2 they're gonna reveal that (sighs) she has these powers because of something carol did and i hate it i hate it so much because like monica was monica before carol was you know, she was still Miss Marvel at the time. I have this thing where originally I remember when they were announcing the casting for the Captain Marvel movie, I was hoping that uh, they were just going to bring in Monica at Same. that point because she and Carol are contemporaries. They're equals. Mm-hmm. 
but no, we got Maria, who I love, and I love the actress as well. It's fine. Yeah. I love yeah, that relationship. Yeah. But uh, it, it kind of already sets it up where, uh, how do I put this? Uh, Ian, you've heard me talk about a certain actress that I love very much who always tends to uh, take roles and I can't blame her because this Hollywood's tough where she ends up killing herself to save someone who is white. She's done it multiple times and it bothers me. Like, and it ties into this whole idea that, you know, we have this black character. She's really awesome, but we're going to put her below this other character uh, in the hierarchy of, or pantheon of Marvel characters, because it just works easier for us to uh, have her start off as a child and not be as, I always thought she should be better than she was when she came in. That's what I want to say. And even with that scene where she rushes out there to save those kids, I'm like, you could have done that whole thing a different way. Yeah. And she literally has the power of, we don't know. I mean, actually we do know because if they had those bullets phased through her in that way, that tells me that, okay, you all are open to her using her powers in the same way that she does in the comic books. So if that is the case and you've already shown this character, you know, obviously thinks outside the box and is way is way more intelligent than you're giving her credit for, then why would she not be able to, I don't know, like move at the speed of light and remove the gun from Hayward and then oh, also yeah. be surprised that she was able to do so and then confront him? Like there was just no reason for what they did to happen outside of white writers not being a, a mean a, mm. having an imagination because <laughs> yeah, they gave that moment to uh one of the kids didn't they where he was able to get all the guns after yes. that yeah <laughs> <laughs> they gave it to, 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 to uh tommy which was cool or whatever because like great and then also before even that happens like Wanda's like all right kids you've been you know you've been born for this moment like you you're made for this so then why the hell do you have monica jumping in front of <laughs> these bullets uh to save these magical kids it was a true yeah. fuck them kids moment for me and i love billy and tommy <laughs> i really do because it wrote about i love billy and tommy but i was like they got it they, they yeah. got it girl you didn't have to do that yeah. I the only thing that I was like, ooh, I was like relating it to the comics and I was like, I kinda hope. And you know how in the first run Young Avengers, Jessica Jones was like the one that kind of found the kids. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh cool. I I hope in the future, like if Monica is more tied to Young Avengers, I would be cool with that if it's like she helps the Young Avengers. But like but also I like I feel like with what you're saying, it's like, but I I would want her to be an established superhero. Like give her, she's already a main Avenger, but like she can help the kids. Like, I don't like, I think thinking back to what you said earlier, like, I think it would be important that she's an established Avenger before it's like, she's helping these kids. Um, but I think she would be a good, like, you know, the Jessica, I still, we're still unclear what they're going to do with Jessica Jones. So I don't know that. And because her show was so like R rated, I don't know that they would want to bring her into young Avengers. Um, and I was like, Ooh, I hope, Monica gets to be the like person who helps the kids instead of like, you know, we don't have Steve anymore and Jessica, I don't think would be the character they would pick for this. So like make it Monica and one of the other Avengers that come in and help the kids instead of Captain America and Jessica Jones. Monica should have her own franchise is my problem. Mm -hmm. She's not like, you know, like some of the members of guardian of the guardians of the galaxy where 
we've seen them over the years. No, Monica is very important and she was very important. And just because writers forgot she existed doesn't mean that there's not a lot of potential there and a lot of story there. There's so much story. It just don't make no damn sense. Like there's just, (laughs) there's so much, like her powers are interdimensional. That alone. Don't they spend all the time in a negative universe or something? Like I don't, there is just so many stories. She is a sea captain. (laughs) <laughs> like do something there. Like I was thinking about and nobody steal my idea. I will fight you. And I've already sent this in. But um now that Marvel has the aliens, uh like comics or whatever, how cool would it be to have a Monica Rambo um xenomorph crossover? Because one, I think her powers would be very suited for that. Um, encounter somewhere at sea. People are always doing something with Xenomorphs, like on a crew, like on a ship that you know shouldn't be happening. I don't know. Her and her parents could be on uh, Strong Guys, uh, Krakoan morning cruise, or something like that, and they come across <laughs> the ship. <laughs> and Monica and maybe uh, another mutant or something like that goes to check it out. But like, I don't know. Like, there is just so much you can do with this character. Um, like, I don't like to compare, like, well, this person has a run, so this person can too. But, like, literally, Cable just finished, <laughs> is getting ready to finish this summer. And I like Cable. Cable has had several um, solo runs. Monica, maybe. I don't know. Maybe once. Please, just do it. <laughs> you know what this else? Cable was like baby Cable, wasn't it? Wasn't it like yeah. Cable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch uh, Cloak and Dagger? Did either of you? I watched that first episode. Yeah, because there's a a connection to New Orleans there with her. Yes. Which we don't necessarily see on the show, but it would be great to have her on that show if they ever do bring that show back. I know it actually did well enough to come back, but uh, there's a lot of potential there. You know, I I, I think that these shows, the only good thing that I like definitely i'm happy about is that they seem to be open to bringing back other characters so i do think you're right justin it you know they could bring cloak and dagger back and they you know i i truly because the dark hold was on agents of shield i was like and runaways i was like no they're gonna call it something else there's no way they want to even use a word that was in one of these other shows so i was surprised that it was actually called the dark hold right yeah yeah so, I mean, it would be nice if they could bring some of those characters back. And, like, I, yeah, I don't know. I I hope, do you guys think that they'll put Monica on the Avengers or? No. Um, no. I mean, if they do, then I'll be surprised and maybe happily surprised. But I don't think so. Like, I think they're already telling us what their plans are with her and for her to be the secondary to um, Carol Danvers. Like, there is no way to think of Monica without thinking of Carol. And I hate that so much because this character was who she was prior to anybody knowing about Carol Danvers in that way. If you were reading comics at the time. So um, to have her legacy so intertwined with Carol's like that is just, <laughs> it is infuriating for so many reasons. Same but no. rogue. Yes, save it for oh my god, yes. And that's that's the one we want. <laughs> that's the one that we we've been wanting. That's the one that's more interesting. We'll have I definitely have my behind in the seat. So, um I don't know. So, maybe Ian, but I I would be 
Like, I'd be very surprised. Like, I will call you that day if that happens. (laughs) (laughs) They should have her be in charge of S.W.O.R.D. At least she has a position where she's in charge of a lot of people. She's powerful. She's up at the top. So that would allow her to compete. If they're going to put her in everything involving Carol, just don't have her be some random person that pops up every now and then and assist her. Give her something important to do. I I thought that's where the show was going. I thought that like, oh, we're setting it up. So, you know, Monica Hayward's clearly corrupt and Monica will be the new head of S.W.O.R.D. But then we, you know, didn't get that or from her. (laughs) Then they gave us that uh, mid-credit stinger with the scroll saying like, yeah, a friend of your mom's. And it's just like, where? Up there. And they look up to the sky and I'm just like, hey, y'all, we already knew she was going to space. For the for the longest, um, you told us that in the first Captain Marvel movie, you foreshadowed it. Um, you've already cast this actress to be in Captain Marvel too. We know she's going to space. We did not need this. <laughs> you, well, do you think they'll do like a Ultimates type? Because I I did like no. the Ultimates. Not I think uh, I think there might be setting up for Secret Wars or something like that, which I'm down for because the Beyonder reminds me of Andy Cohen. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to that. And also Monica was like really doing, she was doing stuff in Secret Wars. So I don't know that, or are they, are they going to keep doing stuff with the whole scroll and Cree situation? I feel like they are. Um, yeah. so maybe she'll be involved with that, but I'm, again, like if anything like super positive happens with this character, I will call you. The day that it comes out. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> um, but so did you, but you all did like Monica's story prior to the finale, right? Like in within the context of WandaVision or no? <clears throat> for, for the most part, I did. Um, and this is really off the strength of the fact that this was a Black woman character outside of Black Panther that was having some screen time and like some meaningful screen time. Um, You know, I really love that. I mean, I don't love the fact that they killed off her mom, but I was like, at least they did give us some, some, I don't know, like some backstory with that. And it also played into Monica's growth, if you want to call it that, throughout the series. Um, Because I feel like her character arcs in the seventh episode after she gets her powers because... She shouldn't have, but the writers must have felt that she did because they didn't do anything else with her. But um, because I've expected the bare minimum, I thought that it was it was fine enough. And then we at least got somewhat of a origin story. And you could tell that they had read, you know, some of her early Avengers stuff because you kind of get that feel from the Monica that is present in the series. I was okay with her character. <laughs> I was just happy to see her, I'll say. Yeah. But I think, of course, by the time the finale rolled around and we saw that mess uh, with her in particular, uh, I it I, I try not to let the, that one thing ruin it all for me. And, and again, and also I wish Maria w- were alive and I was hoping that maybe somehow they could figure out how to bring her back through some other multiverse thing, but uh, yeah, uh, 
she hasn't really had a whole lot of time to herself, but I can't expect that because it's not her show. It's right. the Scarlet Witch's show. So I do I I I do think um Tiana Paris is a really good actor though. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. I think yeah. she's like really good casting. She's also someone who I was like, is she supposed to like at first I thought she looks really young in and I think that's on I don't, actually it's not on purpose because it's only supposed to be a few weeks but i thought she looked really young in the flashback to her just appearing after the blip like they dressed her like she was supposed to be younger um so in my brain i was like wait is she supposed to be like only 20 or like 19 and then like as the series progressed i was like oh no no, no. she's definitely like an adult adult not like a 19 year old adult <laughs> which is you know barely yeah, because if they would have did that, then I definitely would have thrown all hope out the window. <laughs> I'm like, wow, y'all are really leaning into this. Yeah, I've loved her ever since Mad Men. I was telling, uh, she, I remember her from that show. My, <laughs> she, she, I think was one of the very few black characters on there the entire mm-hmm. run. There were like two, and Don and Shirley. Oh gosh, and I'm just so I've happy never, to see her here. I've never watched that show, and I definitely thought they didn't have any. Black people at all. I thought it was most. <laughs> she I mean, was Don's Batman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've just seen, you know, the gif of what's her face walking out with the box and then Christina Hendricks saying something sassy and then the gif of Don where he's like meditating and that's it. That's what I know about the show. <laughs> so funny enough, I know her from Survivor's Remorse. And like then that show got canceled just as I had like gotten. I was like, oh, I actually like this. It came on stars. Um, Jesse uh-huh. T. Usher starred in it, and also um, Ron Rico Lee. Um, oh my god, the actress who plays Chris's mom and Pam and Martin. Jesus, Tanisha Arnold <laughs> is also in it. <laughs> it's actually a really good show. And I was ooh, I was gonna crucify myself, but I can't remember her name. So. Um, <laughs> She was oh, like wow, really yeah. great in that. And then it got canceled. And actually the same actress who plays um the police officer or one of the crows or whatever they call him in Batwoman um is was also on that show. So funny enough, all three of those characters from that show are in superhero properties. Oh, <laughs> Megan, Megan Tandy, something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't see that. I gotta look at that now. It's actually yeah. pretty, just it's actually a decent show. Um, because I started watching, I was like, you know what? Okay, LeBron James, you all right? I, I see the vision. <laughs> um, also, can I just bring this up? Because I, I don't think we really touched base on this. W- what is it with the deal with her having to change her name so many times? I like even when she and Carol had it out in that one issue, and she named gave all the names Carol had. I'm like. <laughs> I'm just, I want her to be, you know, one of the top heroes at, at Marvel and the MCU. I just want them to f- pick a name and stay with it and hope that the comics follow with that and just don't mess with her anymore. It's so so it's currently, it's Spectrum now, and I feel like that will stick because... I mean, I wish it was still Captain Marvel, but I will say that at least Spectrum actually better explains her powers or is more of a better descriptive of what her powers are. Um, But the reason for the name changes uh, simply because, hey, no one really cares about this character. So we're just going to change her name several times. 
Because, mm. I mean, I feel like that's what it boiled down to because yeah. it went from Captain Marvel to Photon and then she ends up giving Photon t- to Genesval because in... Um, Oh, right. I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. I forgot the name of the series or whatever, but like Neymar is in it. And um, I think um, Baron Zemo too. But anyway, it's she's only in the series for like one issue. It's number nine. And I can't remember the name of the series, but anyway, issue number nine of this series, I can't remember. Um, Monica is looking for, um, what is his name? Dennis Val because he because she hears that oh he wants to change his name to Photon she's like well, what the heck he was with me when I changed my name to Photon <laughs> and he's like oh well you know I kind of forgot and I don't want Captain Marvel anymore because I'm trying to separate myself from my dad and just kind of like huh new so then she picks Polestar yes new thank you new Thunderbolts <laughs> and I was so mad because I thought she was in that entire series and she isn't so she changes it to Pulsar. Yeah. Um and then goes by Pulsar for a little bit and then Ugh. nothing and then she's in next wave and then it's just Monica and then it's Spectrum by the time we get to the Mighty Avengers. Yeah, they've been dropping hints about Photon, but as I've learned from watching this past show, they seem to have a lot of red herrings and dropping a lot of hints and none of it happens. So she's just going to be <laughs> Monica Rambo for years. But you know what? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just it's fine <laughs> I, kind of, I, kind of, I don't mind a hero that just uses their name like like Jean Grey or some I hate when they try to make Jean Grey Marvel Girl again because it's like that's one a stupid name and two just like give her a fucking just make it Jean Grey right like yeah and that Marvel Girl I'm just like huh that don't even that makes no just Jean Grey is fine <laughs> like who because I'm like who's gonna test you boo you can be Jean like don't matter it doesn't matter that anybody knows your secret identity you yeah. will handle it it's fine yeah. And like Marvel Girl, it's like you're an adult. Like <laughs> 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 But um yeah, thank you both for wanting to talk about Monica Rambeau and give us a history of her. I've I going into I feel like when I started this podcast, I thought of myself as like a big comics expert, and now I'm like, ooh, I'm like C level at best. <laughs> Steph, you are amazing. Know. You are awesome. You <laughs> you really are. Thank you. I appreciate it. But, uh, I have some some news to share with y'all off uh, record. Well, off the recording, but yeah, I'm making my uh, way. Cool. Well, oh, good. <laughs> I, you know, one of my favorite things on Twitter is seeing Stephanie thrive because oh, yeah. Steph, you're like cool and chill and like fucking a nerd like us, and I. It's nice to see someone who's just like like that like do so well i don't know <laughs> i just want dream. people to love these comics i mean you know these characters it's not a whole thing that you just got here i don't care you know i just if you're interested in learning about this character great let me help you out because comics are daunting yeah like, i was doing some yeah. wolverine research and like he's been in over 1800 comics that i looked at that and i closed the marvel unlimited app quickly because i was like no i'm just <laughs> let me pick and choose um and mostly i've read a lot of x-men so i've read a lot of those comics but i'm just like if i was somebody who was just starting out and foolishly wanted to know about wolverine the first thing um i would be like no i'm not doing this i'll just watch the movies and the movies are terrible I, I mean, I, even so I keep saying, I know X-Men really well, but even that, like I was talking with a friend 
And he was like, what are some of like your favorite non-main X-Men members? And I was like, oh, like Danny Moonstar and Monet St. Croix are like two of my favorites. And I was like, but I couldn't quite tell you Monet's full story because like there were the twins in Generation X. There was Penance, but now she can become Penance. And I'm not sure when he made that change or what the explanation there is. I couldn't tell you because I'm still trying to figure that out. But yeah. (laughs) That makes me feel a little better that you're also a little confused on that part. Because stuff keeps happening. I'm like, it's cool. And I like it. I like that she has like this other you know, the penance claws come out. I think it's a cool look, but mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> she should have always, well, see, that's the thing. This is from my time period when I was a kid. So I read every single Monet St. Croix book ever. So I know that whole thing and I figured out what's going on. But the point is, it, it's so much easier to relate to characters that happened that, that seem to be at the forefront of whatever comic books, movies when you were a kid. And, right. and that stuck with me. Yeah. I just yeah. wish Monica was there too. <sighs> just one of these days <laughs> <laughs> but thank you both for joining me and thank you all for listening if you like the podcast you can find Slayer Fest 98 on Spotify uh, you can find Slayer Fest 98 on Spotify Apple Podcasts, YouTube and other corners of the internet, you can subscribe to our Patreon which helps keep the podcast going which gets you access to many episodes and our private Facebook group and more if you want to follow me on social, I am at ENX Carlos. Justin, where can everyone find you? Uh, Justin Central. Is it centric? Uh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it's Justin Centric. The, the other one's my email. Just ignore that. Sorry. You didn't hear that. Oops. I love it. <laughs> I love that I corrected you. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Um, and. Stephanie, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter, probably still getting dragged at Steph underscore I underscore Will. And then I finally have a website and it's whysteph.com and that's W-H-Y-S-T-E-P-H. Um, there you can find all the things that I'm doing. And if you have some money, I don't know, slide into that contact form and we can figure some things out. <laughs> all right, cool. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.